Let's turn our Bibles this morning to the book of Psalms. We'll be in Psalms chapter number 31. Psalms chapter number 31. And we certainly look forward to what the Lord has for us uh, this morning. And then as well this evening, I want to encourage you to be here at 6 o'clock. Uh, this morning, I'm going to bring a message out of a uh, particular verse and really a phrase uh, from this verse of Scripture. Uh, when I read the Bible... Uh, I'm always looking for things to help me. I'm looking for things to strengthen me. I'm looking for things to encourage me. Uh, and yes, I even look for things to convict me. Uh, that's why we read the Word of God. Uh, there's a danger, and I think we should read it for knowledge. And uh, there's things that God wants us to know. Uh, but we should never approach the Bible just looking for a bunch of facts so that we can put them in an order. God gave us the Bible uh, so we could know some things, but for us to also uh, be helped, be strengthened, and so that we can better serve Him. Uh, but as I read, as I want to read, I want to get some things that help me, and certain sometimes things jump off the page for me. Uh, but then there's things that I, as I'm reading, not just for me, I'm reading on how I can help you. And uh, this several, several, probably a couple of weeks, two or three weeks ago, a phrase. Uh, just jumped off of the page uh, of Scripture as I was reading. I marked it. I made note of it. And just about every day, I've gone back to it. Uh, and the Lord hasn't given me anything other than just the phrase. And, uh, and so then yesterday, I was spending some time preparing for today, uh, praying about what to bring today. And lo and behold, the Lord gave me a whole series out of this uh, phrase. And so I'm not going to preach the whole series this morning to you. Just half of the series this morning, but um, I'm saying that to say uh, I'm looking forward to what the Lord has for us this morning. Psalms chapter number 31, uh, I'm going to read the first 12 verses, and so uh, if you'll follow along with me. In thee, O Lord, do I, verse 1, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust, let me never be ashamed, deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me, deliver me speedily, be thou my strong rock for an house of defense to save me. Thou art my rock and my fortress, therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me, for thou art my strength. Into thine hand I commit my spirit, thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. I have hated them that regard lying vanities, but I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble, thou hast known my soul in adversities. And hast not shut me up into the hand of the enemy, thou hast set my feet in a large room. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief, yea, my soul and my belly. For my life is spent with grief, and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because, faileth because of mine iniquity, and my bones are consumed. I was a reproach among all mine enemies, but especially among my neighbors, in a fear to mine acquaintance, they that did see me without fled from me. Verse 12, I am forgotten as a dead man out of mine. I am like a broken vessel. We're going to look at uh, chapter number 31, and there's several places in chapter 31 uh, we'll look at this morning. But our text is going to come from verse number 12. And that last phrase of verse number 12, I am like a broken vessel. That is our text this morning, and it is also my uh, title this morning. And so let's ask the Lord to help us as we consider this thought of I am a broken, I am like a broken vessel. Father, I pray uh, that the Word of God will be real to us this morning. I pray the Spirit of God uh, would move in our hearts and our lives today. 
I pray that as the Word of God is preached, may we allow the Spirit of God to speak to us. Uh, may, may the Spirit of God strengthen us, encourage us. But, Father, in areas we need to be convicted, may we be willing to be convicted. Father, if there's someone in the service this morning who's never been saved, they've never gotten their salvation settled, uh, they've never uh, accepted Christ as their payment for sin, may today be their day of salvation. And, Father, I pray that your will will be done this morning. May uh, we be strengthened in our walk with you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a, a phrase that certainly gets my attention. I am like a broken vessel. David is the author of this psalm, and David is expressing how he feels. David, as I've mentioned several times from, from this pulpit, David is a Christian who's a good example of some high highs and some low lows. His mountaintops were high. His valleys were very low. We find him uh, mentioning several things in this chapter, and we'll get to much of it. But this phrase, I am like a broken vessel. And you think about those words, that vessel that has a purpose, that vessel that it can be used, that vessel that can contain something in it so that it can have a purpose and be used. What was David saying? David amongst many things, comes to a conclusion in verse number 12, and he doesn't describe himself as just a vessel that is not being used. He describes himself as a vessel that is not capable of being used. He describes himself as a broken vessel. If you have a a vessel, you have a a vase, you have a glass, you have a a container uh, that has the purpose of holding a liquid or, or containing something therein, and it becomes broken, there is no really need to keep it. It is discarded. What David is saying is, I am like a broken vessel, and I feel like I've been discarded. I once had a purpose, and I'm no longer used for that purpose. I once had a purpose, and I'm not used, I'm not useful anymore. Uh, He says, I am as a broken vessel. He felt like he had been discarded. He now feels like he is useless or he has no purpose. A vessel is made so that it can be used. A vessel exists not so that it can just sit on the shelf somewhere, so that it can be used. It has a purpose. I, I, I guarantee you there are things in your house and in my house that are only there because they have a specific purpose and they are used with that in mind. And once it becomes broken, there is no sense in keeping it. It becomes useless. Why? Because it cannot be as it was intended to be. So now we have David describing his life, describing his situation, describing the way he feels, and of all the things he could have said, Of course, he says, I am like a broken vessel. Uh, I'm not as I was. I've been discarded. I have been cast aside. I am useless. David finds himself very alone in this situation. Uh, There's none none rushing to him to use him and to to get the value out of him. And, uh, And I wonder this morning as I consider this, Anybody in here ever felt that way? Uh, if you have felt that, see, you thought you were the only one who ever felt that way. You thought you were the only one who ever faced times in your life when you felt like you had been discarded. 
The first part of that verse says, I am forgotten as a dead man, out of mind, buried alive. Just, just I'm still living, but I'm so buried, I'm like a dead man. Nobody thinks of me. Nobody has any use for me. Nobody is around me. And sometimes, especially in all the coronavirus craziness, we do find ourselves alone and, and, and isolated. But in life, we find that David, this man who has such high mountaintops, he comes to a place in his life when he says, I feel like I've been discarded. I feel like I have no purpose. I feel like I've been cast aside. And friend, I don't want to get ahead of myself this morning, but if you have ever felt that way or you feel that way this morning, you're not the first one to feel that way. And if you have never felt that way, friend, before long, there's going to come a time in your life when you're going to wonder if there's a reason why God has you where he has you. This morning, I want us to get some insight from Psalm chapter number 34, 31, and I'll mention, I'll make four statements this morning uh, concerning what David said, I am like a broken vessel. Listen carefully to me this morning. I want to say, first of all, as we uh, are aware of in our text verse this morning, he says, I am forgotten as a dead man out of mine. I am like a broken vessel. First of all, number one, I want us to see this morning that life changes suddenly. Life can change in an instant. Your situation today can be completely different before you get home from church this morning. Life changes suddenly. Here is a man whose name was a song on the lips of his countrymen, now is in exile from those same countrymen, and he says, I have been forgotten, I've been discarded, I am as a broken vessel. I had value before, but I don't have any now. I had victory before, but I, I'm in exile now. I had friends before, but I'm all by myself now. And this wasn't always this way. Life changed Suddenly, can you imagine the, the, the high that he must have felt? Can you imagine the fullness of his spirit as he fought that great giant? And he gave not only God the victory that day, but the country the victory that day. And oh, could you imagine what it must have been like to hear people talking about David? And of course, it gets bigger and bigger to the point where they are singing songs about David and his victory. And in an instant... He goes from being a song to a curse word. He goes from being the center of attention to living in exile. Say, Pastor, does this really happen? Oh, every day. Every day. You think about a vessel that holds water. You think of a vessel that is useful that you use on a daily basis. You know this to be true. It takes just one instant of clumsiness, and you got a broken vessel. Oh, my favorite coffee mug. That's worth mourning over right there. Oh, my, my, my favorite vase. Oh, whatever the case is, in an instant, it's broken. More real to you and I this morning is everything in your life can be the status quo. And it takes one phone call. 
everything can be just moving along according to how you had it planned. And it can change in an instant. My point this morning in bringing this out is uh, some today, you could testify to this and you could say, hey, this is true. Uh, Things can be moving along in an instant. Life can change. And then on the other side of that coin this morning, we need to be reminded that our hope and our anchor needs to be the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if you put your hope in anything else, when life does change... And you can say as David, I am as a broken vessel. I feel like I've lost my usefulness. I feel like I've lost my value. I feel like I've lost my purpose. Your anchor and your hope needs to be in the right place. And friend, that's why we as Christians, we need to be thinking of this. And because, oh, look how, how wonderful everything is going according to plan. I don't need to be in the scripture like, 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 I, think, like I, I thought I could. I don't need to be anchored into the house of God like I thought I would need to. And like I've always been told, but friend, life changes very, very quickly. Health change, finances change, the, the family unit changes. In an instant, your hope better be in the right places. Life changes suddenly. Number two, I want us to see in this passage of Scripture in the life of David, secondly, the cause of the condition. As I read in Psalms 31 and I hear the words that David says, I am like a broken vessel. That gets my attention. As I hear him say that, my mind goes next to, why is he saying this? And I believe God wants us to know why David had gotten to a place in his life where he says, I feel like I'm useless. I feel like I've been discarded. I feel like I don't have purpose anymore. David didn't feel like he had a value to God or anybody else. He says, I feel like a broken vessel. If God wanted us to see this morning that David, the great mighty warrior, that great king David, had a time in his life when he felt like he had no purpose, he felt like he had no no usefulness, he felt like he had been discarded, I believe he wants you and I to know so that if we find ourselves feeling that way today or sometime in the future, maybe we can identify what it is that caused him to feel this way. The cause of the condition can be found in three, three, three different verses. First of all, we see in verse number 9, he says, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief. The first cause of his condition is he was paralyzed by grief. He had experienced something in his life, a loss. He had experienced something in his life that had caused him to grieve. You and I can look at his life and trace his life, and we know that Saul is, is pursuing him. Saul is, going to try, is trying to kill him. He has been run into exile. He says, I have been paralyzed with grief. Now, if the king had targeted you and had decided that he was going to kill you, and you had to leave your home, you had to leave your family, you had to leave everything just to save your life, you'd probably grieve over that. 
you'd probably find yourself in a place where you feel a little bit sorry for yourself. Why doesn't he just get up and go? He's par- the Bible says he's paralyzed with grief. So the first reason he says this is he says, I, he, he, says he is consumed with grief. You and I need to be on the alert when something in our life takes place that we did not expect. If you lose your health, you're going to grieve over that. If you face something that brings trauma to your life, you're going to grieve over that. As well, you should. But you need to understand that that is something that you have to deal with. He finds that he was paralyzed by grief. This is when life happens, as it is said, and life takes its course. And friend, today you may not understand what I'm talking about. Just live a little longer, and life is going to bring you some things, but it's going to paralyze you because you never saw it coming. And you're going to say to yourself, well, I ought to get over it. I ought to be over it by now. But you, you may find yourself like David, consumed with grief. The second thing we see as far as what caused this condition with David, the second reason the Scripture tells us why he would say, I'm like that discarded vessel, I'm like that vessel with no purpose, is found in verse number 10. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength faileth, watch your Bible, because of mine iniquity. Another reason why he said I'm like a broken vessel. I feel like I have no purpose. I feel like I have no use. I feel like I've been discarded. Is because of his personal failures. And friend, let me just park right here for just a moment. There is nothing that will make a Christian feel as if they're useful, useless for God, like their own personal sin. And there's a lot we can say about grief, and there's a lot that we can say about the things that come into our life. But even David, yes, he said, I, have, I, am, I am consumed with grief. And gr- grief has that paralyzing effect. But he was willing to look inwardly and say, it's my own iniquity, my own failures. Maybe he, he, the perception there, and it may be what he's saying is, I did not respond to what I'm grieving over in the way that I should have responded. Uh, maybe there was bitterness in his heart, but he's saying, it, partly I have myself to blame because of mine own iniquity. Friend, there's, it's, been, it's been stated for, for, for decades and generations, if not centuries, by preachers who have been before, that God does not fill or use a dirty vessel, just as you won't go in your kitchen and you won't find a dirty cup, a dirty vessel, and fill it up. God is the same way. He says, I'm like a discarded vessel. It's like I don't have my purpose anymore. He says, I can point to grief in my life. I can point to some things that happened I had no control over. And now, I've grieved over it. But it doesn't stop there. 
And I preached on this several weeks ago. One thing about David, even when he failed, he would not, and that's why God would say, that's a man after my own heart. That's why God would continue to use him because he would get himself up. He would take ownership of his failure and he would get it right with God and God would clean him up and use him again, but he was willing to say, it's my own iniquity. It's my own sin. We don't like to think about this but there are times when, when in the life of a Christian, it seems like I just can't get nowhere in life. I, th- I feel like I, even serving in the church, I feel like there's, there's no direction. There's no point. I feel like I'm just, I'm just floating. I feel like I can't. Well, have you considered your own iniquity? It's not always the pastor overlooking you. It's not always unfair because of one reason or another. Sometimes we feel discarded because of our own sin. Sometimes we don't have our purpose because of our own sin. Sometimes God doesn't open a door for us, and it is our own fault, it is our own sin that we refuse to deal with. It's much easier to point at verse number 9 and say, these are some things that happened in my life I had no control over. It's much easier to point to verse number 11, which we'll see in just a moment, and say, look what everybody else has done. Sometimes, somewhere along the line, you've got to look at your own heart. We live in a day where we want to blame everybody else. No wonder we're where we are in our nation because we have Christians who, who, who instead of getting right with God, they get mad at the pastor for preaching on their sin. Instead of getting right with God, that they get mad at the pastor or parents because they won't budge off of Scripture. And, and, and when they just mistreated me, and, 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 they, and they, they, did, they said this or this, and I'm just moving on down the road. No wonder our nation is full of victims because we got Christians who won't do as David did and say, maybe the reason why I feel like a broken vessel is because of my own iniquity. Maybe the reason I feel like I have no purpose is because of my own sin. And before we look at the sins of others, may we follow the example of David and say, I'm this way, my strength faileth because of my own iniquity. You may be discouraged because life may have brought you something today that you never saw coming and you're still grieving over it. You may find yourself discouraged today, though. Your strength may be failing. Let me encourage you to look at your own heart. Maybe your strength is failing because of your own failures. Hey, let's just be honest this morning. This applies to everybody in the room. Everybody's got failures. Everybody is a sinner. We've got to get to the place where we're more concerned about our relationship with our God than a perception that even amongst our church family. We find the third reason for his condition is in verse number 11. I was a reproach among all mine enemies, but especially among my neighbors, and a fear to mine acquaintance. They that did see me without fled from me. Not only was he the condition brought on by, he's paralyzed by grief and personal failures, but it was also because of the cruel treatment of others. 
And let me just say before I break this down further, Christian, you have a greater effect on the spirit and strength of other Christians than you realize. He says, I was a approacher among all mine enemies. That's to be expected. But especially among my neighbors. And a fear to mine acquaintance. They that did see me without fled from me. We can go back to what we said with first number one. Life changes in an instant. This is a man who was, a, was the song on the lips of his countrymen. This is the man who killed Goliath, that, that, that a great warrior that had them all paralyzed in fear. And now they are fleeing from him. Why? Because they're afraid of the king who's trying to kill him. And it was the improper and cruel treatment of other people. I'll just plow this down a little bit as well. We fail our brothers and sisters in Christ when we don't pray for them. We fail our brothers and sisters in Christ when we don't try and encourage one another. We fail one another when we are not, as we're more concerned about just dealing with our issues than those of others. Friend, you and I ought to have a spirit about us that I want to be a help, I want to be a blessing, I want to be a source of strength. And it was the cruel treatment of others. He said, am I, am I useless? My neighbors won't even speak to me. Do I have no purpose? My acquaintances, my friends, those that I grew up with, those that, 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 I, that, I, that I've been in many conversations with, those that, that, that we know each other, as soon as they see me, they turn around, they go the other way. Am I broken? Am I discarded? Am I, am I without any purpose? Sometimes when we deal with just one of these three things I mentioned, it's enough to make us feel this way. But David, he had them all. He says, I am like a broken vessel. I said, first of all, life changes suddenly, and you and I need to be aware of that and be reminded of that. There's me in this room that can testify of that. I pointed out, number two, the cause of the condition, and you and I need to be reminded if David dealt with this, you and I are going to deal with this. And we get to the invitation in 30, 40, 50 minutes. The invitation is going to be, if you're paralyzed with grief, just get moving again. Put one foot in front of the other. God's given you another day. God's still in his throne. That's going to be the invitation. The invitation is also going to be, deal with the iniquity in your own heart. Deal with your failures. Deal with your sin. Deal with how you've strayed away from God. The invitation is also going to be, don't let the cruel treatment of others keep you from the love of God and knowing that God still loves you, but deal with it however you need to deal with it. Don't get bitter. Don't get angry. And the last two statements are going to turn towards, away from the problem, if you will. The last two statements I'm going to make, I'm going to give you the solution that we find in the life of David, who declares, I am like a broken vessel. But if we were to read the entire chapter this morning, you won't find a resignation by David. You won't find David quitting. 
I don't even think this is David feeling sorry for himself. He is stating a fact. This is how I am. This is how I feel. This is where I find myself. But I want to see the solution this morning, and I hope this will help you as much as it helps me. We find number three this morning, we find a call on the Lord in prayer. There's a lot of things that we shouldn't model after the life of David. I've already mentioned one, how David always got up. But David went to God. You know, there wasn't social media then, but I don't think David would have got on social media looking for a pat on the back or somebody to feel sorry for him. I want to point this out to you. Look at verse number one. In thee, O Lord. Look at verse number five. We find the same two words. O Lord. In verse number nine. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. In verse number 14. The prayer continues. But I trusted in thee, O Lord. In verse number 17, let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. It is pretty evident to this preacher that David is stating a fact, I am like a broken vessel. I have been discarded. I, have, I don't feel like I have the use that I thought I had, the purpose. What is my purpose? But yet I'm going to call on the Lord in prayer. You know what would do Christians good if they find themselves in a place where they say, I don't, I don't feel like I can be used like I once was used. I don't feel like I have the purpose that I once had. I feel like I've been discarded even by friends and even by, by, by my neighbors. And even uh, and I have failed. I have sinned. And I have had iniquity in my heart. You get to that place. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't hop on social media trying to get people to feel sorry for you. Go to your knees and say, Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Those are two words that need to roll off of the lips of the Christian once again. Oh, Lord. And we need to have that prayer to God that said, I have been discarded. People don't want to be around me. I don't even know that I can be used again. But, oh, Lord. I'm calling on you. Oh, Lord, I need you to intervene. Oh, Lord, I need you to preserve me. Oh, Lord, you are my strength. Oh, Lord, you have got to do something and give me value and give me use again. It would do our churches good. It would do homes good for Christians to go to their knees this morning and say, Oh, Lord, and look for their solution in God. You know, one of the things that's frustrating a country and frustrating even Christians this morning is that we're, we're saying, oh, government, give us a direction. Oh, Lord. We're not voting our way out of this mess. Only God is getting us through it. And you, you, you can't... And quit, quit going to get sympathy from those that have the same iniquity in their heart that you're hiding in your heart. We shouldn't as Christians be looking for sympathy for our own failures. We ought to go to God with a broken and contrite spirit because of our failures and say, Oh Lord, I need you to intervene. Oh Lord, 
I need your presence in my life. While David could say in verse number 11 that even his neighbors and his enemies, he was a reproach, and even his acquaintances turned and ran from him. When he called upon the Lord, he had the ear of the Lord. I want you to think about this this morning. If you and I call on the Lord in prayer, how many of his children at the same moment could call on the Lord in prayer and he would hear every one of them? He's already aware this morning of every heart, of every need, of every burden, of every heartache. He's aware of everything that is going. He knows what is awaiting. He knows the sudden change that's coming in the life this morning. He knows whose strength has has gone because of the iniquity. He knows all of that. And yet if every person in this building this morning fell to their knees and said, Oh Lord, he would be keenly aware of every word, of every thought, of every expression of heart and soul because our God is that great. Our God is that attentive to the needs of his children. We've got to get back to a place where the first thing we do is say, Oh Lord. Oh, Lord, I need you. You and I may not be as articulate as the psalmist. And David, with when he says, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust in... And you read the psalm of David in verse 5, O Lord, God of truth. And in verse number 9, have mercy upon me, O Lord. In verse 14, but I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God. Verse 17, let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. We may not be as articulate and we may not be able to to pin that out like that. But can I tell you, if the only two words that you can get out of your mouth is, Oh Lord, God knows your heart. God knows where you're coming from. And you don't have to articulate like the great psalmist. It doesn't have to be turned to prose and rhyme and, and, and something that would impress those that might would hear you. Sometimes the greatest prayers prayed are the ones where the only words that can come out of your mouth is, Oh Lord. But you got to pray them. I find number four, we see the faithfulness of God. David has already expressed that he feels like a broken vessel, useless, discarded, without purpose. He has cited his own personal failures and he's cited the failures of others. But as the psalm concludes... He finds no failure in his God. He just finds faithfulness. And I can stand here today and I can tell you that I have failures in my life. And I've had to deal with the failures of others. But I've never had to shed a tear because of the failure of my God. I've never had to face discouragement Because of my God's failures. Because we have a faithful God. We read in verse number 21, Blessed be the Lord, for He has showed me His marvelous kindness in a strong city. We're going to see three ways that we see that that David reveals or, or tells us of the faithfulness of God. And just like I said a moment ago, God wants us to see that there was a time in David's life, he said, I'm like a broken vessel. 
I feel like I've been discarded. I feel like I don't have purpose. I feel like I've been thrown away. I feel like I don't have the, the, the use that I, that I want to have in my life. And he gives some insight of the why. There's things in my life I didn't see coming, and I'm, I'm grieving over it. My own iniquity, the failures of others. I believe God put that there because he wants you and I to see that flesh and blood faces the same problems as flesh and blood faces. And if the mighty King David can face the grief and it paralyzes him, if the mighty King David can acknowledge the own iniquity in his heart, the mighty King David can acknowledge that the actions, the cruel actions of others has made him feel this way, then you and I, God wanted that insight there so you and I could identify with it. But I also believe that God recorded in this psalm Three ways I want us to see this morning in closing of how we see the faithfulness of God. He says in verse 21, Blessed be the Lord, for He has showed me His marvelous kindness in a strong city. I want us to see in verse number 21, God's mercy to the weak. He has showed me His marvelous kindness in a strong city. I, I thank God for His mercy I thank God for being a merciful God. And of course, we can speak of the mercy that comes by the Lord Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of our sins. And that's the greatest mercy in the world. But even after salvation, when life brings me things that I did not expect, and I am grieving, I am consumed with grief, and I feel discarded, I feel broken, I feel like I have no purpose. It's the weak that God gives mercy to. It's the needy that God shows mercy to. It's the weak that He shows His marvelous kindness to. And friend, you can give testimony this morning if you have faced life that you didn't expect of the tender mercy of God. That'll nurse you through the valley. He'll nurse you through the long nights. And it is His his faithfulness. David says, blessed be the Lord, because it is to the weak that he shows mercy. There are some, they're so full of pride, they can't be weak. They're so full of pride, they can't be wrong. They're so full of pride, they can't have a need, they can't have a failure. I got this, pastor. My friend, if you're not weak, you don't experience the mercy of God. You don't experience His loving kindness. And God wants us to see through the pen of David that He's faithful in giving mercy to the weak. But we can continue to read verse 22 down to verse 23. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplication when I cried unto thee. Verse 23, O love the Lord... All ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful, and plentiful rewardeth the proud doer. David gives insight again to the faithfulness of God, and it's his preservation for the faithful. I thank God for his preservation. Boy, if we were to take time to go through the room tonight, this morning, and those that have lived as long as so many of us have lived, all of us could give testimony of, we could all say something similar, 
I don't know how I'm here today. I don't know how I got through it. Or we might say something like this. I I don't know why God delivered me from that. I don't know why God gave me another opportunity. I don't know why God allowed me to have that victory. There were times when I had given up. There were times I said, I'm not getting through this. There were times it was this valley is the one that, 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 that is the end. It is this dark night that I'll never see the sun come up again. But yet we give testimony that his preservation is to the faithful. His preservation is not to those that think they deserve it or want it. It says to the faithful. So friend, my job is just to be faithful. My job is just not to quit. My job is just to keep pressing on. My job is just to get up in the morning and face the next day. My job is just to today be right with God. My job is just to be faithful and God will be faithful to preserve. I promise you this morning, if during the invitation time, the Spirit of God has put conviction on your heart about iniquity in your own heart, if you'll find your way to an altar and just say, Oh Lord, my God will be faithful to preserve. If you find yourself at a crossroads this morning and you don't know how you're going to get through this trial, you don't know how you're going to carry this burden another day, you feel discarded, you're broken. What is my purpose? If you'll just say, Oh Lord, He'll get you through it, be faithful. Preservation is not for the quitter. You will not find that in the Bible. Misery is for the quitter. Regret is for the child of God who quit on he whose name is faithful. But you find on the pages of Scripture, and you find in the example of saints who have gone on before us, that when we're faithful, God preserves When life brings us something and we're consumed with grief, we find ourselves, it's the Lord's day. I'm brokenhearted. You get your broken heart to church. I face face another day again. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. You face it. You grab you a hold of a principle, a precept of Scripture, and don't you let it go. You be faithful as a mom. You be faithful as a dad. You be faithful as a husband. You be faithful as a wife. You be faithful as a Christian. God will preserve even with consumption of grief. I've failed God. I've sinned. The heart of iniquity. Pastor, I'll at least be honest this morning in... And I'll say, the reason why I feel discarded is because there's some things in my heart that should not be there. The reason why I'm off purpose is because of my own iniquity and my own mistakes. I promise you this, if you'll cry out, oh Lord, he'll preserve. I don't know why, it's too late for me. Or or, or that's passed me by and I've done things that I don't think God can forgive. Friend, do you realize what you're saying? We have a a, a God that will forgive. We have a God that is eager for His children to seek that forgiveness. And if you will do business with God, He'll preserve you. 
others have done me wrong. In the case of David, they tried to destroy him, take his life. How could the king of this mighty nation, the king of these great armies, never be able to take the life of David? Because God is faithful to preserve. We see lastly in verse number 24. This would be a good verse to commit to memory for the Christian. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. All ye that hope in the Lord. God reveals his faithfulness when he shows us that he strengthens the courageous. There's a misnomer I believe in the minds of people, but especially in the minds of Christians. We think it takes strength to have courage. When we get the strength from having courage. Pastor, I just don't have the strength. I don't have the courage to move forward. I just don't have that kind of strength. No, and David reveals it here, and it's certainly true. You have courage, and God will strengthen you. You take the stand, God will strengthen you. You decide that you're going to be courageous and face what you got to face today, you'll find that God will be faithful to give you strength. But that strength is for the courageous, not for the coward. That strength is for the courageous. Not the quitter. Often we've all said it, anybody who's been around the things of God any length of time, we see something go on in the life of another Christian. We see the grief. We, we see even personal failure. We see the, the cruelty of other people, and we watch God do a work, and we say to ourselves, well, look at brother so-and-so or miss so-and-so. I don't know how they keep going. I don't know how they keep continuing. I don't know how they do it. Can, Frank, can I tell you, if they were honest with you and you tapped them on the shoulder and said, how are you still here today? They would look you in the eyes and say, I have no idea. All I know is I got up this morning, and God gave me the strength to endure, and I've been doing that every day for as long as I can remember and their strength is always there. We put too much focus on the one statement found in Psalms 31. I am like a broken vessel. That sounds horrible. It is. Pastor, if there's ever a biography written about me, I don't want that to be my title. I am like a broken vessel. But if we're all honest this morning, there's some in this room, you'd say, that's where I'm at. I feel discarded. I feel like I don't have the pur- I don't feel like I don't have any purpose. I feel like I've just been thrown away. I am like a broken vessel. We put too much focus on that. Like if we've ever been there, we're a failure. When truth of the matter is, 
I don't look at the life of David as he's a failure. He's a man that had failures, but he wasn't a failure. And if we're honest with well, I don't want everybody to know that I was ever felt that way or, or I'm not allowed to feel that way. We put too much emphasis on that and not enough emphasis and focus on the fact that God is faithful. If you hear me clear, clearly this morning, if you live long enough and you serve God long enough, there's going to come a time in your life when you would say what David said, I'm like a broken vessel. And you could identify one of those three causes or maybe all of those three causes. And if you can already say that this morning, if you live a little longer, you'll probably be able to say it again, I'm like a broken vessel. What do I do about that? Or maybe this morning... Your life is going as according to plan. The day's coming. What do I do? If I'm there this morning, pastor, and life has brought me something and I can't change it, and, I, and I'm just paralyzed with my grief, or maybe it's the iniquity in my heart, or maybe I still can't get over what others have done to me, what do I do? In just a moment, we're going to stand to our feet. You come to this altar and just say two words. Oh, Lord. When the time comes when the life that you had planned and everything map, mapped out that was going to take place in your life, the moment that's all jumbled or the moment you fall on your face or the moment somebody wrongs you, what do I do? You say, oh, Lord. And then you remember God is faithful to give mercy to the weak. He's faithful to preserve the faithful. And He'll strengthen the courageous. When I get my strength, no, 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 you be courageous and you face it. And he'll give you the strength you need. That's the way God does it. This morning, you're in one of two categories. You're either with David today. I am like a broken vessel. But the day's coming where you will be. Let's take these truths, these principles to heart this morning. If you're here and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, this relationship that I spoke of this morning, you have no idea what the peace you have when you lay your pillow on, night, at, at, on your bed at night, knowing that you're saved, knowing that God has saved you and forgiven you. Let's do business with Him today. Father, I pray this morning.